Welcome to the Speak As Well As You Think podcast brought to you by Vautier Communications. I'm your host, Jen Alex. The goal of this show is to uncover communication strategies and behaviors you can use to improve the way you show up and perform at work. We'll talk about what effective communication looks like in action so you can apply it to your own career. If you'd like a written summary of each episode, subscribe to our weekly email newsletter by visiting vautiercommunications.com. That's V-A-U-T-I-E-R communications.com. Check out the show notes for a link. Today, John, Matt, and I are discussing the importance of play and entertainment when it comes to presentations. Thanks, both of you, for joining me today. I wanted to start by talking about a quote from Gar Reynolds' book, The Naked Presenter, that really sparked this podcast episode for me. In the book, he says that play creates a relaxed feeling of connection between the presenter and the audience and among the audience members themselves. Play fosters a collective experience of engagement with the content. That doesn't mean you shouldn't take the needs of the audience and the material seriously. It's important to take our work seriously, but we should be careful not to take ourselves so seriously. We do not need to be somber, especially during a presentation when we are trying to affect a change in people. I really loved that, and it got me thinking about the importance of play or entertainment when it comes to more of our business settings. So based on that quote, I want to pick your brains and see what you both think about the quote when it comes to those business presentations. John, we'll go to you first. Yeah, Jen, I love the quote too. I think it's great to connect the dots on you still want to add value. And there's this level of information that could be provided if it is, in fact, an informative type of talk or educating or explaining, teaching, whatever the the factor may be. And then there's obviously that side of the do this message, which is more action oriented. But within that content, you've got to have fun with it. And I'm I'm actually reading a book right now called The Cool Impossible. And it's written by Eric Orton, who coaches and teaches running techniques and running skills. And he said to one of his runners, and I love this quote, if it feels like you're working, you're working too hard. Mm -hmm. And so it's this concept and idea of you have to enjoy what you're doing in the moment, even if it takes you a bit out of your comfort zone. There's this idea behind play, entertainment that allows some of the teachings and learnings to basically move into that recall space. And that's what creates the retention long-term. But if you're not having fun with whatever it is that you're doing, whatever task that you're you're incorporating into your world, whether that's professional life or personal life, you're not going to want to do it. And so there's this whole idea around creating some of these habits that you can, in fact, enjoy to keep them habits. And that way it moves to more of that automatic space. The body works a bit more on autopilot. But you think about from a very young age, a lot of the tasks that many people learn had to do with a game of some sort or some level of play and and entertainment involved with that learning process. Absolutely. And actually, to your point, in James Clear's book, Atomic Habits, he talks a lot about you have to create habits and maybe you have to start small that you can consistently do every single day. And then you can build on another level and make it a little bit more complicated or a little bit more focused because you already have that habit down. So very similarly, if we're not having fun with things and we're not enjoying it, it's really hard to keep that focus consistently. And the same thing is true when it comes to business presentations and meetings. We know a lot of cultures that are back-to-back meetings all day long. So if you're going to a dry meeting back-to-back-to-back-to-back for eight hours straight, at some point, 
you have trouble paying attention or you have trouble staying tuned in. Awesome. Matt, let's go to you. What do you think about it? Yeah, Jen. And I love the way that you put it there in terms of the learning and learning from a a dry presentation or sitting through that all day. I think when you put yourself in an audience's pair of shoes and and sit there and listen to it as if you're them you want to listen to it as as if they have more inflection in the voice when you're listening to a speaker someone who has a little bit more fun with their audience whether it's through interaction or just the general tone of their presentation i know that when i went to class when i was in college high school and even before that i i never wanted those teachers who sounded the same day in and day out i went in and they talked for 55 minutes and that was the end of the class I wanted the teachers where we were going to split that up with some activities. There maybe were some white whiteboard activities or some storyboarding activities prior to doing some of our larger projects. But those are those types of things that get your audience into it and they they want to answer kind of how John said that call to action. When you're listening to someone who is emphatic about what they're talking about or even introduces things to make the content more understandable for you as an audience. It just drives you to want to learn and to listen to that speaker a little bit more. Yeah. Great points. And I love that you bring in thinking about some of your college or high school classes. John and I went to college together. We had a number of classes, especially our gen ed classes that we did take together. And I can remember us talking to my dad on the way home and being like, if you could only hear this professor, you would die about either just how dry or, you know, the the speaking skills, since we've grown up around this our whole lives, it's something that we've always looked through the lens of that. And as you said, it can be with activities, but it can also be the way that somebody presents that information that makes it sound fun, which is just as important. It's not always about bringing a game or we'll talk about that a little bit more in a bit here, but a game or an activity in as much as it can also be influenced by how you deliver that information and how you say it. John, you had mentioned something about it helping people learn, that play and entertainment can help people learn. Can you expand on that a little bit more? I mean, it's a lot like storytelling. And storytelling, people appreciate storytelling as a form of influence or as a piece of evidence because it's usually relatable. And there is that level of retention based on the person's experience who might be sharing the story or the pictures they paint around it. But oftentimes that's what moves people to understanding a concept, comprehending some piece of information you're wanting them to comprehend or move to action and do what you're recommending or do what you're proposing or do what you're persuading. Or there's that piece that is more of a who does what by when concept. When we think about edutainment, as I like to call it, it's education and entertainment. There's that idea around and we're all entertainers to some capacity. Mm -hmm. And yes, knowing your audience is important knowing your content is important and then how those two can connect. But again, it goes back to you want to have fun with it. And I do believe that when you can pull in creativity and showing an audience certain things versus just telling them, this is what I know and this is what you now need to know. I think that allows for one, acquiring people's attention. And that's the engaging factor of those types of interactions And then from there, it's more around what can I do to persuade? What can I do to connect with them? How can I make myself relatable in certain instances that gives us the rest of that that recipe, if you will? I think when, when people think about the things they remember, the high recall items, the key information that they might take away from a meeting, typically it's when a speaker has allowed the audience to connect with it in some fun kind of way. 
mm-hmm. and everyone can do it differently. And that's the beauty of entertainment and, and having play involved in learning is there really isn't a one size fits all. And I think when, when you think back to yourself from some of the early years that you had as a child to your middle school, high school, college years, just as Matt noted, those things that resonate most with you long-term from a learning perspective are usually the ones that have some element of either doing, enjoyment, activity, play within them. And that's what makes it memorable. That's what makes it sticky for you long-term. Great points. And again, just like any experience you have, a presentation or a meeting, you're taking your audience on some type of a a learning journey. And so if it's not fun, it's not going to be memorable. And they're going to leave that meeting losing some of that retention or most of that retention on what they just heard. Yeah. And even, Jen, on that point, when we think about our executive communication skills course, it's two days. It's a full two days if it's in person and it's two longer virtual days, if you will, if it's virtual. Mm -hmm. And we end those sessions telling people now that the course content is over, the journey begins. And so it's this idea of you're going to take what you just acquired and began applying And now start finding opportunities to apply that in different scenarios, different situations long-term. The beauty of what we do is it's a whole life skill. So there's plenty of opportunities out there to find chances to practice that application piece. You do it personally, you do it professionally, but to your point on that journey piece, going through something isn't the end of that something. It's usually the beginning of something bigger and that's the journey idea. Absolutely. Matt, I want to come to you. Some people might panic when they hear to include play or entertainment into a presentation based on the audience they're presenting to. So let's take it and look at it through the lens of you have an update or a pitch that you might be making to an executive board. Do you think there's still room to include aspects of play in these presentations or meetings? And what might that look like? Yeah, Jen, I'd say not only is there room, I'd say it's almost more heavily encouraged with this group of people. I say this because this is that main group of people that you want to make sure you're captivating their entire attention Mm -hmm. and that all 20 minutes of what you're saying is going straight to what the decision is on that pitch. And the best way to do that is through that entertainment or play, making sure that your affect and the pieces of that presentation are things that are going to extract that attention and awareness out of your audience. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily going to be a video or something like that for this group because you want to stay personable and you want to stay on that spectrum of formality in the C-suite where we see that, but maybe opening up with more of a brainstorm or a poll of your audience. That way you can make this a bit more discussion-based. Not only are they coming in to listen to your pitch, but they're also coming in to have that back and forth conversation with you around what that pitch is talking about. They're going to remember not only what you're saying to them, but their original thoughts in that meeting while going back and forth with you. And all of that is going to help them to better understand your content. And you're more likely to close that sale or have that update go a longer way with that audience. Yep. And when they can interact back and forth, again, if you think about our C-suite, They're in back-to-back meetings and phone calls all the time. So it's just as important for them to be able to have fun with something and say, wow, that was a really great use of that 20 minutes. I really enjoyed that. And that's the thing that's going to stick out to them at the end of the day. Exactly. And I think with that, Jen, with that C-suite meeting, as you're kind of talking about it, 
the meeting that they're going to remember over those eight hours of nonstop talking is that one meeting where they get to have their thoughts edgewise and they're able to tell you what they think because that's something that they're doing in the moment and on the spot. They don't have to wait to after the meeting to do that. And it's making them feel like their opinion is a bit more understood and welcome within that floor. Those are great points. Absolutely. John, to Matt's point, what other ways can we see play and entertainment? What do those look like in more general presentations or meetings? I mean, I think in, in general, it makes learning fun. And so if you're creating experiences, you're trying to allow people to understand or comprehend, incorporating some type of play and entertainment is a good thing because that's what's going to make the learning an enjoyable process for those that you're interacting with, whoever your audience might be. I think it, number one, promotes creativity. And so we try to utilize that in our sessions. And we do a number of sessions where we incorporate different, I'll call it a different variety of play and entertainment. So just to give some examples, in some of our webinars, we'll show a video clip that helps demonstrate the points that we might be making as it relates to nervousness or as it relates to how you get up and move throughout your given day and the types of evidence that would be supported by speaking that type of content. With one of our main skills around executive communication skills, it's how people manage their eye contact. And we've used this for years and years and years. A very simple method that we connect to a skill called focus, but it's having participants say, not sing, but say the seventh inning stretch at baseball games. Mm -hmm. If you're from the States and you've been to a baseball game at any point in your life, whether that was 10 years ago as a child or a, an hour ago, two days ago as you take your kids, You've likely sat through the seventh inning stretch. You've sung it with 30,000 other people in the stadium, slowing it down, saying it, one thought, one person, using the skill or technique of focus allows people to have fun with that activity, but it's also a teachable moment. Mm -hmm. And it really allows people to connect the dots on, wow, my eye contact can manage my pace. And that's what ultimately minimizes my ums, ahs, likes, you knows, the non-words that I would use that tend to fall in transitions. And it's that light bulb moment for people to understand, wow, it's a very simple concept that ends up having a profound impact on their ability to deliver well. That's just one example from executive communication skills. Yeah. But I do think incorporating different ways, whether that's role-playing during question and answer practice, or it's utilizing a group activity in terms of allowing people to share a story, share an, a, a story that they've been impacted with before, something that made them think, a trip they took that was memorable, but using some of the skills to practice that delivery, all of those are opportunities to get out of your comfort zone, play and enjoy what you're talking about, still fine-tuning and sharpening the tools that we might be introducing at that given time. Yep. And there's plenty of, do a, a Google search on the key takeaway you're trying to hit with your audience and then put in any type of game or activity that highlights this point. Maybe it's highlighting how do we think differently from other people? How do I think about asking targeted questions? There are plenty of different, you can call them games or activities that don't necessarily have to, you're not talking the audience through, here's how you ask targeted questions. But by doing this activity, they're practicing that skill. And then you can connect it back to, Based on what you just did, here's exactly how we can now utilize that in our day-to-day -day when it comes to our meetings or interacting with our clients or customers. So there's lots of activities out there that you can beg, borrow, and steal from other people, giving credit where credit's due, but you can use those within your own presentations or meetings to highlight those same points. 
Yeah. And I think for us, a lot of it has to do with showing the audience how a skill can get used or applied instead of just telling them, here's what to do. Yeah. And I understand the whole show and tell model that we all remember from being kids, but there's this idea behind what we coach in terms of our skills. And it's, yes, we realize we are walking, talking commercials, commercials for the skills that we are introducing to our participants or our groups, but it's equally as important for them to be able to practice those same techniques and same skills. So they understand, okay, I see John doing it. I see Jen doing it. I see Matt doing it. I understand that now I want to practice. Now I want to try because it's one thing watching great golfers on the weekend in golf tournaments. It's a whole nother thing going out and trying to replicate what those great golfers are doing in your own round. It's not always apples to apples and people realize that quickly. Yeah. And it's definitely that learn by doing. That's why we have such a huge focus on that in our programs, in our webinars, we want people to be able to learn the information and then practice doing it because that's, what's going to help them retain it longer and put it into play and really make it their own. Sure. Okay. So I want to go to both of you. Any final thoughts on play and entertainment when it comes to business? And Matt, we'll go to you first this time. Just as a final thought in close is that the way we structure and format all of these talks, presentations, meetings are going to reflect on us as a speaker and as a business person. Everybody can use these good executive presence skills that we teach. Everybody can come out and they can speak to a group of people but not everybody can captivate an audience. And that goes a long way. That's what people are going to remember you for in the long run. So where you can use those skills to help drive home your message, do that. But where you can bring in an activity or some other type of format to drive that engagement and attention of your audience, that's a great path to take. Awesome. Great points. John, any final thoughts from you? Yeah. I mean, I think it comes down to being genuine, being authentic. If you're not someone that really understands the whole play and entertainment concept, take some time to, to look at look into it, research it, understand how other people use it well or use it to their advantage. Reach out to a resource and ask some questions around how do you use this? How do you make it work so well? Because I don't want anyone listening to this thinking, okay, we, we listened to this great podcast the Vautiers put on, and I now need to start incorporating play and entertainment in every interaction I have. Mm-hmm. If it's not your bag, you run the risk of not coming across authentic, not being genuine, not being your true self. And that's obviously something you want to make sure you avoid when, when and where you can. Right. But playing with the skills from an executive's presence standpoint managing the hands well, acting like you care in the front of the room, being excited and passionate about what it is that you're sharing, smiling. All of these are little tiny things that you can incorporate, again, based on audience and based on content, but that will allow you to show through to your audience that, yes, I do enjoy what I'm doing. This is fun for me. I'm having a good time doing it. And therefore, I want you to have a good time enjoying this experience as well. And when you enjoy it, your audience enjoys it more. If your audience can tell that you aren't enjoying your time in the front of the room or talking to them, chances are they're not going to enjoy it either. And then it's hard for them to remember, retain that information, or frankly, even care about it when it doesn't seem like you as the speaker care about what you're sharing. Yeah. It's a drag for all parties involved. And so Again, it goes back to knowing your audience, knowing your message, knowing your content, but there are ways that you can incorporate physical skills, vocal skills, message tactics, and then obviously the engaging portions of entertainment and play to really 
hammer home a message or to Matt's point, create that perception through the audience's eyes that, wow, this person is really here for the right reasons. He or she wants to be here. They're, they're up in the front of the room doing all the things that make me understand and recall what's being shared. Yep. Great points. So to wrap up what we talked about today, we don't want you to be afraid of including play and entertainment in any type of business presentations or meetings, but you do need to make sure that it fits the audience and the topic appropriately so that we're not way off the mark or we're not wasting anybody's time by putting a brainstorming activity together if that's really not going to be valuable at the end of the meeting. Remember that people tend to remember things that they have fun with. So include those types of things in there. If you, as the speaker, can show you are enjoying yourself, your audience is going to have a similar feeling of your meeting and presentation. And then it's really something we should consider and think about because entertainment is around us everywhere. Every time you get in the back of a cab, there's probably a TV on in the back. You can play games while you go from point A to point B. When you get on a flight, a lot of the seat backs have your entertainments or TVs and games on there. So since it's something that we're constantly inundated with everywhere we go, just because we go into a boardroom doesn't mean that the play or the entertainment should stop there. Just make sure that it is appropriate for that audience. If you have any other communication skills topics that you are interested in having us talk about or hear more detail about, please feel free to reach out to any of the three of us and we will put that on one of our future episodes. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for listening to the Speak As Well As You Think podcast brought to you by Vautier Communications. Again, I am your host, Jen Alex. Vautier Communications is in the business of business communication skills. We coach and train both individuals and groups on how to elevate their presence and increase their impact through the way they communicate, present, and write. If you want to learn more about our in-person or virtual training options, visit our website at www.vautiercommunications.com. Thanks for listening.